care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back. It's the second hour of the Full Court Press. I'm LJ Salveson, 501, your start time for the second hour. Grateful to have you wherever and however you are joining us on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, we In the first hour, we got through high school football. Uh, winners included Bear River over Juan Diego, 27-14. Uh, Ridgeline over Pineview, 58-56. And Green Canyon over Twilla, 28-7. Losers included... Uh, Mountain Crest getting throttled by Salem Hills, 34-7. Logan uh, falls to Provo, 46-7. Again, you can uh, participate in the Cash Valley Pick'em every single week. It, receipts, it resets every single week, so you always have a chance. Uh, you just go to cvpick'em.com, 1069thefan.com, or cashvalleydaily.com. There you can register, log on, and participate in the contest and try to beat us experts, which, by the way, I'm not much of an expert because I had a horrible Friday in regards to my pick'em, not really good, and some surprises as well. So it's not entirely my fault. All right, uh, here on the full court press in the second hour, we're going to get into some Craig Smith audio. He met with John Ronstein, Ross Stein, sorry, not Ronstein, Ross Stein, in a podcast that John does, really good one too. Uh, and he talks about Nemishketa, which again, I'm going to clarify this as clear as I possibly can make it. Neither Coach Smith. The athletic department of any sort, marketing team or anybody, at USU has announced that Nemeas just tore anything. And people are coming out saying that Coach Smith has announced that Nemeas is out for the year. He has not. Coach Smith has not announced anything of the sort at all whatsoever. So the rumors that are spreading around that Nemeas is out for the year are absolutely positively false. They are not true. He'll get into Nemeus right now and, and what he's heard on him so far uh, and when the timeline is of when he will hear an official result on what Nemeus' status will be. Uh, he also gets in on uh, the scheduling and, and what that's like uh, and a little bit more. So you'll be able to hear that. It's about nine minutes worth of audio. It's really, really good. So I'm excited to be able to play that for you. Uh, we're going to get into our Utah State football scrimmage and, and the things that I heard. We'll also play audio from Jordan Love. Uh, we'll play audio from Shaq Bond and, of course, Coach Anderson, so we'll get all that. Uh, and then we'll guess we'll have our uh, Team FIBA stuff. Uh, Team USA in the FIBA World Cup, they win by nine over Spain, but then they lose a player because he drops out. Why did he drop out? There's rumors, you know, of people saying, well, here's why, but no one has a clear explanation and no one knows fully why. So we'll get into that in just a little bit as well. Uh, but let's start with the Utah State football scrimmage, shall we? Uh, so on Saturday at 5 o'clock, it was Football Family Fun Day, and what a great attendance from a crowd. You know, it was, it was not full, at least in the blue seats, for a little bit. Then about five minutes in, you turn around, and it fills in very nicely. Uh, the scrimmage was interesting because I mean, last year, Coach Wells would keep score. This year, they decided not to do that. Um, there was some two-minute drill work from Jordan Love. Andrew Peasley and Cooper Legala. Cooper did not have a great uh, great run on that two-minute drill. In fact, his first pass was picked off by Shepon for six. His final throw was picked off by uh, Tatum in the uh, far corner of the end zone. Uh, for Jordan Love, he didn't look bad. Uh, he uh, got his team within uh, field goal range. Eberly missed one wide left with uh, from 48 out with about a second left. Uh, and then Peasley had something going, but then he took two really bad sacks and his team was wiped out of field goal range, and they had to punt. Uh, so when I say that, 
And again, we're just looking, and a lot of this was younger guys too, by the way, because as you'll hear from Coach Anderson, uh, there was a lot of uh, young, I guess, yeah, there was a lot of younger guys playing, but it's because they had a close scrimmage that was pretty intense from what I've heard with a bunch of veteran guys on that field on Friday. So close to the media, close to the public, just a, it was a scrimmage for the veteran guys, and then the younger guys got a chance to scrimmage uh, for on Saturday in front of the public to put some stuff together. And by the way, Coach Anderson's not going to give anything away. All right, he, He's not going to announce anything, and he's, he's not going to bring out his, you know, his whole sets and packages or anything like that in, in a public scrimmage two weeks before they face Wake Forest. There was just no way that was going to happen. And so let's get you some audio here. Uh, we'll get you first, if I can find it, my heavens. I had it, I promise. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking here. Can't find it. Uh, we'll get you some audio from Craig Smith, uh, Coach Anderson, and Shaq Bond. I cannot find, where in the world did it go, everybody? Hold on, hold on. Everybody just hold tight here. I'm going to have to do this the hard way. Yep, I will. All right, hold tight on that audio. So, in regards to Jordan Love, he looked good. In fact, his arm looked really good. Uh, had some nice, uh, in fact, in the 7-on-7 seven seven drill, he threw a touchdown to Siosi Mariner. And if I remember right, Siosi was kind of battling on that near, or excuse me, on the far side of the end zone. Had to go up and grab it. Made a great catch, spectacular catch. But but again, just even a better throw in that regard. Uh, Andrew Peasley did not complete for a touchdown. In fact, I think his was picked off. And then Henry Columby uh, threw for a touchdown as well. The interesting thing was that Henry Henry did not participate in the two-minute drill. Now, in the four-minute offense stuff, I believe every quarterback participated. Um, but... Sorry, I'm just having to fix this all on the fly here. Uh, but in regards of uh, the four-minute drill, everybody participated. And then, again, the two-minute drill, only Cooper Lega, Love, and Peasley. And I don't know why. I don't have the reasons for it, so please don't ask me. I really don't know. But that's uh, that's about as far as I've been told. Uh, or at least that's, that's as far as I saw. I mean, so... Um, interesting stuff in that regard, but defensively, they looked great. Defensively, they looked absolutely spectacular. I was really, really, really impressed with, uh, with, uh, the, the defensive backfield. Troy LaFetch Jr. and, and DJ Williams and Shaq Bond were all over the, and they were just playing with their hair Mach 9 on fire. And that's something that the people kind of wonder about what this defense was going to look like after they lost so much last year. This defense looks just as good, if not, honestly, even better. Um, I was really, really, really impressed with, with how they looked. Uh, sorry, I'm just trying to download audio at the same time here, and this is not working for me, which is not good. Let me try this one more time, and if this doesn't work, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, again, I'll have audio here, hopefully. And I'm telling you, hopefully. Oh, there we go. Hold on. There's one. Give me two. Sorry, this is all on the fly. There we go. All right, let's try that. 
All right, so here is Jordan Love. Now, when you hear from Jordan Love, there's a knee brace on his knee. One of the guys looks at him and says, how's your knee feeling? How do you feel? He says, great. I then look at him and I ask, what happened? He gives his answer and the aftermath on this interview. Here's Jordan Love after the fall camp of scrimmage here on uh, 106.9 FM, The Fan. Uh, it was a good day today. Uh, offense, uh, dude, we had to do defense, did good. Um, it was really just a fun day to come out here. Um, and so camp's really over now and we're really ready for the season start. Thank you. Jordan, what are the biggest strides you feel your team has made as an offense uh, so far the first half of fall camp? Yeah, I think just, just everybody on the offense just being on the same page. I think we've made a lot of strides in that. And uh, every day we come out here and got better and better. So. What do you see out of your receiving core so far? I see a lot of good things. I mean, we still we've got a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, strides to make. But I mean, we're we're there and uh, we're ready for the season to start with them. So, how are you feeling physically? Your knee, everything? I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm fine. He's good and all that. So, did that happen in spring or fall, or was that just? No, this is last season. I tore my meniscus last season uh, during the BYU game. So, tore that. Um, I had surgery on it at the end of the season. So, it's all healed up now. You feel 100 up? Yeah, yeah I'm 100. Uh, really just building that chemistry. I mean, we've already built it a lot and just going out there and just having fun on the field. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So that's what I'm looking forward to. This, Jordan, this is the biggest crowd I can remember at uh, <laughs> this event for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. How exciting is it to kind of feel the anticipation of the fans here? Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing to see that. I mean, it just shows us what, I mean, what the season's going to be like uh, having all these fans here. So it's just really just great to see. You got what you wanted out of the scrimmage today? Uh, yeah, I feel like we could have done, done better on offense. Um, I mean, I always feel like that coming out of every scrimmage. I feel like we could have done better. But, yeah, definitely some things we could have done better. But I feel good about it. That's Jordan Love. Sorry about the wind, everybody. That's not my fault. Blame Mother Nature. He tore his meniscus. Jordan Love did during the BYU game. Now, I went back and watched the whole entire BYU game. I don't know when he tore it. I have no idea. I mean, you remember him running into the end zone, right, on that uh, option read, read option, <laughs> and and uh, then hushing the BYU faithful? I don't know when he tore it. But again, Jordan Love tore his meniscus last year versus BYU, then played the rest of the year on it, and had surgery at the end of the season. What a baller. And, and people are going to say, well, look, it must have been not that bad because he obviously played through it. How do you know? You tore your meniscus and then played football with it? And by the way, he took a bigger beating in the second half of the season than he did in the first half. Wyoming lit him up. Colorado State did the same thing and Boise as well. And he still played through all of it. That is incredible. That is gutsy. Again, here's here, I'm going to play it one more time. Here's Jordan Love on the knee situation. Did that happen in spring or fall? Or was that just- no, this is last season. I tore my meniscus last season uh, during the BYU game. So tore that. Um, I had surgery on it at the end of the season. So it's all healed up now. happen in spring or fall or was that just no this is last season I tore my meniscus last season uh during the BYU game so tore that um I had surgery on it at the end of the season so it's all healed up now you feel 100% up yeah I'm 100% again if you couldn't hear me the wind was blowing right there I asked do you feel 100% he says yeah I feel 100% 
The crazy thing is how casual he was about it. Oh, yeah, this is just from last season. I tore my meniscus versus BYU. Then I got surgery after. We all, the media, looked at each other and were like, he what? <laughs> what a baller. Jordan Love is getting ready for come to come back uh, on a what should be a spectacular season. But, man, you worried about it. When I saw that knee brace on him, I, I was worried too. And I didn't know why he had it at the time during fall camp. So then I asked someone within the within the Utah State media relations staff, and they said, no, he's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about it. He's all right. Well, okay, but why does he have a brace on? And and nobody ever answered this why. In fact, Utah State did a great job of keeping it hush. And then all of a sudden, he comes out and is like, yeah, I tore my meniscus last year. Almost like we were supposed to know. Almost like everybody had a clue. Nobody did, at least not in the group that I was standing with. Nobody knew that he tore his meniscus. And that he got surgery. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, another guy who had a great workout uh, was Shaq Bond. Uh, Shaq was really, really, really impressive to me. Uh, he had that nice little pick on Cooper Lagos. Cooper Lagos started off the two-minute drill, and it was his first throw in live scrimmage, and he goes out there, throws to the flat route, and absolutely telegraphs the thing and kind of floats it. It's like a lollipop to Shaq, who ends up taking it back for six. Uh, he's asked about that. He's asked about what the defense looks like, uh, about having DJ Williams out there next to him as well, uh, and, he, and that and more. This is uh, Shaq Bond after the fall camp scrimmage on Saturday evening here on 106.9 FM, The Fan. No, I think the defense played great today. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of intensity, a lot of people flying to the ball, a lot of people doing their assignments and, and not trying to, you know, do too much. Everybody played great today. It just seems like you're getting more and more comfortable out there. You made a couple of athletic interceptions today. Uh, how, how more comfortable are you feeling uh, coming back from your injury? Um, you know, I had a, a gruesome injury last year, but that's behind us now. So I just think about every day, just come back, getting ready to work, work for a new goal, work to, you know, finish the season this year, you know, rehab every day still. But it's going to be a great year. I feel great this year. How's the knee? Everything healthy? Yes, sir. It, it feels great, 100%. Uh, I'm back and ready to go. I remember Nemo. What did you see on the pick six? Off Cooper. Uh, you know, I saw the progression of the eyes, and then once he looked for the check down, that's when I broke down. You know, sometimes you can't, you can't drive everything so soon because then they won't throw it. Then you won't have the opportunity to make that play. So I just used it to my advantage. He was a young quarterback, young rookie mistake, but, you know, he got to learn sometime. Can you talk about DJ Williams, your backcourt mate, and what he means to the defense and his vocal leadership? Uh, DJ, he a big key to this defense. Uh, you know, very vocal, very great leader on the defense. Anytime somebody aligned out of place and he see it, he going to get them right, right there on the field and still do his job. So DJ is a very great key, very big key for this defense, and he keep he keeps his defense locked in. I, mean, I really think uh, last four or five years, this is the biggest turnout we've had for this event. Uh, how much do you feel the fans' energies, and how much does that energize you personally? Uh, the fans, it's great to see this many fans here. Uh, you know, last year, I uh, just got here, so seeing them fans and just coming into last year, we had a decent amount of fans, but then coming out this year, yeah, I looked in the stands and it was way more than last, so their energy that they brought really helped us out today. It really made us bring a little extra, or a little extra energy today. That's Shaq Bond. 
coming back from a serious knee injury. Remember, that was a game where he had the 100-yard pick, turned it into six, uh, and then injured his knee later in the fourth quarter. Uh, just a sucky, really bad timing. You felt bad for him. You really did because he was coming alive. And you, oh. So it's good to have him back. He has so He's so positive, and he, he has the best smile ever, too. He... He's so energetic and so positive. It's 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 awesome to be able to interview a guy like that. Um, but Shaq's Bond, Shaq Bond is back. Uh, this should be a good season for him. Alongside DJ Williams will be with him. David Woodward, Tipanalia should be a pretty good crew of defensive side. And they showed and they flexed their muscle versus the off offense. Uh, this offense really really struggled against this defense. And again, we talked about it before. People say, well, this offense looks really bad. Well, it's more of the defense looks really, really good. This defense, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, they could be a top 10 in the country. Top 10 in the country. When you've got guys in Brainiacs like Coach Gary Anderson and Coach Justin Enna, this defense could be absolutely something special. Maybe one of the more special ones since 2012. May I dare say? They're that good. They're that absolutely good. They've got great backfield. They've got a really good linebacker core. Their front, you know, the front four, five or whatever is is really impressive. Um, they've they've got something cooking over here, and you can you can see the action on the field, and and see where the talent it really is, and it's and it's on that defensive side. Um, the depth I'm not so sure about, but the starting talent is is very very. As a millennial would like to say, lit. <laughs> Very good stuff. All right, so that's Shaq Bond. Uh, we've got you, Jordan Love. Again, he tore his meniscus last year versus BYU, if you didn't know, like the rest of us. So congratulations. And so finally, we're going to end with uh, Coach Anderson. Now, Coach Anderson is going to talk about the scrimmage. Uh, he'll talk to you about uh, what, you know what he saw, what he likes. He also mentioned that there was a Friday, or not that it was a Friday scrimmage. Well, he briefly mentions it, um, but he doesn't go into detail about it. So we'll, we will try and hypothetically go into it for you. This is Coach Gary Anderson on 106.9 The Fan. That's a good day. It was a you know, uh, good run for the kids, and the young kids got to compete and play some live. And... Uh, uh, kind of a practice for the older guys. They had their scrimmage yesterday, so it was, it was good. It was a good go. Um, we'll take tomorrow off and then get ourselves back on Monday and you know start preparing for Wake Forest. What did you see from uh, yesterday's uh, scrimmage that maybe maybe you could share with us that uh, you know really stood out to you? Well, you know, there wasn't a ton of reps. What was a hundred reps a week ago was more around. Uh, Probably 50 or 60 yesterday, um, but it was good. It was there was there was good fight on both sides. Uh, it was highly competitive. Uh, you know, I think we were able to solidify some spots um, that we were a little bit up in the air. Uh, the kids knew that that was the opportunity for them to step up and make some plays. So, uh, you know, overall, I thought the special teams handled it very very well. We're starting to really you know, fine tune those now. Instead of more drills, it's more uh, you know exact teams being broken down and kids fighting for spots to get on the airplane. So, uh, again, I thought it was a solid scrimmage. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see as we continue to go, and I thought we.
We tackled reasonably well, which is always a, a concern going into the first game. So we'll get another shot or two at that. And then uh, we'll get on the airplane and go see what we got. Coach, you had talked about you wanted to have a vocal leader on the defense in spring. Have you feel like you got those vocal leaders now? Yeah, I think there's a few of those guys are stepping up. You know, I think that uh, Fu and Devon do a nice job. Tipa does an excellent job. He's a captain. He's expected to do that. Um, what he's always going to lead in his own way. But I think Kevin Metzenheimer now is starting to, you know, have a voice and um, really uh, understand what his role is on the defense. So there's a few of those kids that have stepped up in a good way. I, I didn't see uh, a David Woodward here at all on the side. Does uh, Aggie fans have any reason to be concerned? No, he'll be good. He'll be good. He'll be fine. Anything else? We good? What about Troy LaFetch Jr.? What, I mean, he had a pretty good spring. What did you see him at fall camp? Troy's doing a great job. Um, you know, we got, we got to solidify the other spot with him and cut the safety spot, but he's locked down one of those safety spots. He's played extremely hard. Uh, he's competed at a high level every day. He's extremely intelligent. Um, and, you know, he loves Utah State and he loves Cache Valley. And uh, I'm proud of the way he's adjusted. He's going to be a really good player for us. Just, Gary, what are your biggest takeaways from the first couple of full weeks of fall camp? I think we've got a football team that uh, has really grown together so from January until now. And uh, they like playing football. They like being around each other. The, you don't have to uh, get them up for practice. Um, I think they know that we've got their best interests in mind and we're going to push them, uh, push them hard at a high level. But uh, they expect nothing different than that. And, uh, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's an awesome I, I drive down the hill every day, and I just think I'm very lucky to be around this group of kids. And uh, you know, I, I think they feel the same way about us and this whole football team. So they're, they're going to compete like crazy. Uh, they're going to give you all they got. I promise they give us that every single day, and I think this coaching staff does the same. That's Coach Gary Anderson after the fall scrimmage. The final scrimmage opened, or in final practice, I should say, too, was open to the public and media uh, as the Aggies will get set to uh, prepare and take on the Wake Forest Stephen Deacons. Friday, August 30th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find that game on the ACC Network or one of the ESPN. I believe it's going to be on ESPN, too, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Uh, so that's Coach Gary Anderson. A lot of interesting thoughts, including, uh, uh, you know, the the whole, like, it was a practice for the veteran guys on Saturday. That They had a close scrimmage on Friday. No one had any idea, by the way, it was close. So, But it sounds, but from what I had heard, it was pretty tense. Uh, a lot of... Uh, a lot of hooping, a lot of hollering, a lot of trash talking, which is exactly what you want when you have your number ones versus your uh, offense versus your number ones defensively. So, and good stuff there from Coach. Hey, really quickly, some breaking news has just came about uh, that, and this comes from Taron Adams of the Arizona State. He's a beat writer for the Sun Devils there. Uh, and he has just announced, or he has said that uh, Arizona State's head coach, Herm Edwards, has said that defensive back Taron Adams is transferring to Utah State. Now, Taron Adams, the defensive back, is now eligible to play immediately for the Utah State Aggies. Last year, the rest of the sophomore saw action in all 13 games during his first season, uh, becoming a, uh, an important piece of several special team units, which will be nice for Utah State. He collected 30 tackles, uh, serving as a reserve defensive back in addition to covering returns. Uh, recorded three tackles for a loss and one pass deflection. Had a season-high eight tackles and two tackles for a loss in the victory over at Oregon State in September. Had five tackles in a road victory over USC. Um, contributed in several ways versus the win uh, versus Washington, which wasn't a win, it was a loss. Uh, finishing the, with two tackles, a tackle for a loss, pass deflection, and registered at least one tackle in 11 of the 13 games. He had also played some uh, junior college ball at uh, the City College City College of San Francisco. So, again, 
according to Tyler Drake, Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards has announced that uh, the defensive back Taron Adams is going to be transferring to Utah State. Uh, that's really, really good news for a very thin secondary uh, for the Utah State Aggies. He has two years to play, by the way. Two years to play, so could be good stuff. All right, come back. We'll get you into, uh, where should we start? Yeah, since we're on the Utah State wagon already, let's just stick there. Craig Smith met with John Ronstein. We're going to, Ronstein, and we'll, uh, we'll, Share the audio of what he had to say in regards to Amish Keta and this basketball team. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Me, AJ Salvis, and you, wherever and however you are, uh, 106.9 FM, 1390. Ozzy Salas from 527. Sorry about the over-audio running on commercial break. I'm, I'm just struggling today. It's just I can't talk. I can't speak English. My native language of Indian keeps coming out, whatever that language is. All right. Coach Craig Smith, who, by the way, was... <laughs> we were at the State of the Aggies thing. Uh, Coach Anderson just spoke. Then Kevin White introduced... Uh, Coach Craig Smith, he grabs a mic, and they just, it was all him. I just turned it over to him, and he just ran with it. Uh, <laughs> such a fun guy to listen to. So, speaking of listening to him, John Rothstein, uh, on the College Hoops Today podcast, had Craig Smith on with him. And he talked about a variety of topics. John Rothstein is, of course, a uh, college basketball insider for CBS Sports, Sports Illustrated, and WFAN, uh, host of College Hoops Today podcast. Uh, you, that's where you can find this interview. Um, he talks about uh, a, a variety of things, you know, the season that was, you know, the tough ending to it, losing to Washington the way they did, getting back up for this year. It, it's a really good interview. Though there's three key things he talks about. One was Namish. Uh, two is the scheduling, and then he uh, he plugs in a little bit about the Utah State team as a whole and what they've got coming in. And so I want to play this for you. It's about nine minutes long. I hope that's not too long for you, that you can stay awake for that. It's it's really good stuff, though. I think you'll be kind of interested, especially when they get into the part about, uh, well, Namish and I'm and looking, uh, and, and looking at where Namish is. You're going to be kind of interested. In fact, that's where we start off here. This is after John Rothstein had just asked Amish, "Hey, what's up with the big man? Is he uh, is he going to be coming back?" Yeah, I was I was very fortunate to go over and watch a couple of his games, and and then flew back on a Thursday. And of course, their team won their quarterfinal final game, and uh, uh, right at the end of the third quarter, he went down with a knee um, injury. Um, you know, we're I don't know the exact uh, how do I say this medical report of what it is. He's going through rehab right now back in Utah. And hopefully everything will, you know, be good to go. I, I anticipate us knowing a lot more in the next three to four weeks as to where exactly he's going to stand, you know, going into the season. Um, but it's no, no, like ACL or MCL or uh, what do you call it? What's the other big one? The uh, meniscus. None of those kind of things. So we'll just see how this um, thing plays out. Are you anticipating that he'll be ready for the start of practice, Craig? Um, we hope so, but there's, 
certainly not a guarantee of that. And that, you know, that's six, what, I was just thinking about that yesterday. It's about six weeks away um, for the first day of practice. So uh, we will know way much, much more in the next three to four weeks. Utah State head coach Craig Smith joining the College Hoops Today podcast with John Rothstein. Aggies won both the Mountain West Conference tournament and regular season titles last year. Well, obviously beyond Merrill and Kata, you bring back a slew of returnees who got really ample experience last year in going to the NCAA tournament. Who out of those returnees do you think makes the biggest jump in 1920? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, all, all those returnees, it's, it's, it's really interesting. We have 15 young men on our roster, um, seven are brand new, eight are returnees. Of the eight returnees, two of those guys, um, Clay Stahl and Roche, Grootfam, those two guys had knee injuries, so they were out the whole year. Like, they didn't practice one time, no, none of that. So, you know, I, I, I've told both of those guys, like, I'm almost considering them like a new guy because they had no reps of anything, you know, really with us that anything substantiated. So, but we do return those six other guys that went through the ringer, major, major minutes. All those guys have had very good summers. Um, you know, Abel Porter's playing as good as he's played. Uh, I, I can't imagine ever. I mean, he, he's clearly taken a next step from where he was last year. Justin Bean has looked fantastic. He's starting to get more skilled. Uh, definitely has increased his athleticism from what he was last year. Um, Diogo Brito has been – Diogo just has this kind of iron will about him. Highly intelligent, but just ultra, ultra competitive. And he's really tightened up with his ball handling and passing and decision-making. He's already been a great defender. He's kind of one of those guys that is like a triple-double. On any given night, he can get like a triple-double. And what I mean by that is he can get 15 points. You know, he had two double-doubles last year, 11 rebounds, and then like seven assists. He's just kind of a stat-stuffer kind of guy. Um, he's looked good. Brock Miller, I feel like, has taken that next step as a better defender and is a better handler um, than he was last year. So um, those guys have really uh, done a really good job um, getting better and then really helping all of our new guys, you know, get back on board or learning our process and our protocol and how we go about things on a, on a day-to-day basis. So um, we have great leadership within our guys. They understand our culture and what we're looking for. And I know I'm not giving you a specific answer, but I'm not sure. I'm excited about literally about all of them. They've all had a, a very good summer. Well, it's going to be difficult for any freshman to crack this type of rotation, or newcomers for that matter, because the Mountain West is such an older league, but of the guys you're bringing in, who do you think has the best chance of cracking this veteran-laden rotation? Yeah, you know, it's been funny because with all these new guys, it's like different, and we've had a little bit of an uneven summer with some injuries and whatnot, but, I mean, there's days that Alfonso Anderson looks, um, you know, like a very good player, and Fonz is six seven, six eight, and he's stuck together. I mean, he's 230, he's a He's a man's man, and he's got a, he's a great leader, very good communicator, um, so, and, he's, and he's versatile. He can do a lot of different things um, for us that way. Then our, two of our freshmen, um, Sean Bearstow, who's you know older brother, has some Mountain, Wood, Mountain West Conference um, uh, history with New Mexico, Cameron Bearstow, and he had a cup of coffee in the NBA as well. But Sean uh, has really looked good the last three weeks or so. He's starting to figure some things out, and 
Sean's just a, he's a know-how-to-play guy, right place, right time kind of guy. Liam McChesney had an injury late in the summer for a couple weeks. There's nothing, like, too serious. But Liam is, is very, very talented at 6'10 and shoots it with ease from anywhere and um, just has great feel, uh, knows what he's doing out there. Um, Kuba Karowski is a legitimate 7'2", runs like – I mean, he can really, really run, has great feet. Um, but he was out for three weeks as well with a high ankle sprain. He just came back, had his best week of the summer, his last week. Um, and then we got a guy that he's actually walking on for us, Trevin Dor- Dorius, who is a, uh, he's another seven footer, seven one, two fifty, and he's got a, he's, he's much better than we had anticipated. He's had an overall great summer, but our team has great size and length. Um, from our, our sports Info- information director sent out a survey like to all the SIDs around the country and from everything we've gotten back, he says we're the second tallest team in America um, behind Washington. And so I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate or not, but we do have very good size and length this year. Merrill at six, five is our second shortest player. So um, we're really excited about that. But um, you know, John, like we said early in the podcast, like, uh, we try to keep an open mind, and you just never know when guys figure it out, right? And so uh, today there might be two guys that look better than the other new guys, but six weeks from now that could be totally different. And you just look like a, at a guy like Justin Bean, who last year at the beginning was clearly our 11th man out of 11. And by the end of the year, you know, he could argue he was one of our five best players. Utah State head coach Craig Smith joined the College of State podcast with John Rothstein. You know, Craig, we're entering uncharted territory here for coaches and programs outside the power conference structure because more and more of these power conferences are going 20 league games, which makes it more and more difficult for non-power conference teams to get quality games in November and December. You're living that, obviously, right now for the first time as a Mountain West head coach. How difficult was it to put together a non-conference schedule that would reflect, obviously, the caliber of team you have coming back? It sucked. (laughs) It has been brutal. I'm just being, I mean, we're still not done with our schedule, right? Like we're still not done. And that's why, I mean, I I can't tell you the number. Well, I I wish I had the exact facts for you. I will have those for you, John, anytime you want when we're done with our scheduling, but I can't tell you. I mean, we're as of right now, right. We've announced we're playing LSU in the Jamaica uh, MTE, right. And they're top 25. Florida, we're playing in their Orange Bowl, whatever you call it. Um, and so we're playing Florida. Um, uh, we're, we started a home and home with St. Mary's. We're on the road first. They're coming back to our place the following year. And, and then you can, you can probably guess how many high majors have said no to us. And, and, and it is what it is. But it's very, very frustrating, to say the least, you know, um, trying to get quad one wins. Or that quad one, it's very difficult to get quad one wins for sure. We all know this, but quad one games, and we still have a couple games we got to get. And we've had agreements, and then people back out. I mean, you name it, we've had it. And that we know scheduling, just like recruiting and developing your players and getting scout reports. So scheduling is one of the, um, the most important things that we can do, and we work very diligently at doing doing it. But it's one of those things that never goes as quick as it, as you want it to be. But I don't know the solution. You know, it, it is very, very difficult. It's very, very frustrating. 
um, to do this, you know, to, to put together a good schedule. Nobody seems to want to come to, to, to Logan to play, but nobody wants to play road games, so that's not a new anomaly. But it is very, very difficult, John. I don't know the solution. Sounds like more and more high major leagues are going to be going to the, the 20-game you know, conference schedule. So um, I guess at the end of the day, you just keep working and keep grinding and keep looking on the rocks and try to put yourself in the best position to succeed. That's Coach Craig Smith with John Rothstein on the uh, podcast called Call Troops Today. You can find that podcast on all podcast platforms, including SoundCloud. And check it out. Utah State's Craig Smith joins John Rothstein. Uh, it's a great conversation. Okay, so you heard about it, Amias, right? We're clear. We're good. We're set. We're fine. No worries. No concerns. Okay. They have not announced that he's out for the year. They have not announced anything like that. And, in fact, coaches said that it wasn't the ACL, it wasn't the MCL, so chill. Please, relax. All right. Uh, interesting stuff on the schedule as well. Um, and just in that, I mean, and by the way, he did a great job scheduling. You, you think about it, you're going to Florida, or at least in the state of Florida, to play Florida, a top 25 team. You'll get LSU uh, in Jamaica. Um, so, I mean, you, you got a lot of good things coming up here uh, in regards of the Utah State men's basketball schedule, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, is which is, uh, it's loaded. And again, you got the tough Mountain West Conference, UNLV, New Mexico. Nevada is going to be good again. Of course, San Diego State will be tough as always. And so uh, another tough schedule for the Utah State Aggies helps their RPI system. Uh, hopefully will help their strength the schedule. Uh, it should be good stuff. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back. The AP Top 25 preseason poll is released today. Not one Mountain West Conference football team made that Top 25 preseason poll for the AP. Who is where? That's all and more. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Audrey Salves and Eric Franson. No, Eric's not even here. It's been a long day. So just, just I mean, hit the play button. Just someone hit the play button now. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Ajay Salas and 5.44 your time here on a Monday, August 19th. Why did Jason turn off the lights in here? Not gone him. Punk. Grateful to have you joining me for the second hour of the Full Court Press, however, wherever you are. Eric Franson will be with me tomorrow in studio. Can't wait to have him back because I'm having a rough day in this place today. I cannot talk. I can't speak English at least. And I'm having all sorts of button trouble pushing. Or button pushing trouble. See? Told you. All right. So the AP Top 25 poll came out today. And uh, here is how it looks. This is what the preseason poll looks like. I'll give you top five because really nobody cares about 10 through 20. But uh, your top five are Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. LSU trails at six. 
that's imperative because why? They'll probably be undefeated come October 5th when Utah State heads to Death Valley. 7 Michigan, 8 Florida, 9 Notre Dame, 10 Texas. If you're looking for a Mountain West team in this thing, you're not going to find one. In fact, Iowa, Iowa State, Syracuse, Nebraska, all are above you or above any Mountain West team. Boise State has 38 votes. They come in at 33. Fresno State comes in at 37 with eight votes, and Utah State comes in at 38 or yeah, 38 with eight votes. Uh, other teams receiving votes, in fact, at 26 is Missouri. Army's at 27, Mississippi State, Miami, Northwestern, TCU, Virginia. Then, as I said, you have Boise State. Then there's Cincinnati, South Carolina, Vautech, and then Fresno, Utah State. And then behind Utah State's Minnesota, Memphis, Appalachian State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, UAB, AZ State, Arizona, USC. Uh, Utah is in this. They're at 14th to start off the year. Uh, in the coaches poll, it goes as follows. Number one through five is exactly the same of Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. They have LSU at six, Michigan at seven, Florida eight, Notre Dame and Texas. So they're one through ten. Both coaches and AP are both the same. Changes start coming out at 11, where Oregon was ranked at 11 in the AP, but Texas A&M's ranked at 11th. Utah is at 15th in the coaches poll, and in the in the AP poll, or excuse me, in the coaches poll, Boise State's 27th. Utah State is 8, 9, 31, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 36, while Fresno State's 35th. Syracuse, Stanford, or Iowa State, Northwestern, Michigan State are all in the top 25 poll. Now, I don't know why they have... So, they have 17th as UCF, Central Florida, and then they have a blank spot for Wisconsin, 19th at Iowa. So, I'm guessing there's a tie for 17th. That's what I'd be guessing. Again, no Utah State, no Boise State, no Fresno State in the top 25. Zilch. Just interesting to know. All right. Come back. We'll get into your FIBA tournament, and we'll close it out for the finale hour. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what Donovan Mitchell is going to mean to the team now, especially now that they've lost a guy um, after their Spain exhibition. They head to Australia down to 13 guys, and they cut only two. From the 25 down, they cut only two. Everyone else has just quit or walked away or withdrawn, I guess is the correct word. Sorry. We'll also get to uh, get you to what you should be watching on the tube tonight. Some preseason football, some MLB baseball. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. 106 FM, 1390 AM. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. AJ Salison here at 552 as we wrap up the second hour in your Monday show here on August 19th. 
Thank you for joining me and getting, help me get through this evening. I don't know if I helped you or if you helped me more. I, I got to be honest with you. So thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. By the way, I need to make a small correction, and I appreciate Darren Rennesbacher correcting me on this. Uh, it is actually Joe Diger. Not I've been calling him Jay Diger for the whole entire time. It's actually Joe Diger is his name, and he is uh, he's no longer the quarterback at Green Canyon. So kind of a big deal too, but they end up coming away unscathed as they beat Twilla 28-7. All right, uh, we're gonna turn that down for just a bit. Uh, so USA beat Spain. Uh, in the exhibition, um, sorry, I apologize. There we go. Beat Spain in the exhibition uh, in Anaheim, and they beat them by a score of ninety to eighty-one. In fact, Spain hung around like they never really threatened within like seven or six. They just hung around. And they gave him some serious problems. Uh, Ricky Rubio played 23 minutes. He had 16 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 steals. He went 4-13 from the field, though. Yikes. Uh, Rudy Fernandez, another big Spain guy, had 6 points in 20 minutes. Uh, Marcus Gasol, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, and 7 of 13 from the field. On the United States side... Uh, Harris, let's see, no, let's see, no, Kemba Walker had 11 points on eight assists, two steals, four of seven from the field. Donovan Mitchell was the leading scorer of the night, with, or at least scorer for Team USA in 23 minutes at 13 points, four rebounds. He had five of 10 from the field. Chris Middleton was five of seven from the field with 10 points and three rebounds. Uh, Jason Timms, the other one to finish in double figures in 21 minutes, had 11 points, three of nine from the field. So, they win 90 to 81. So, all's right, right? I mean, we're all good. Everyone's happy. De'Aaron Fox, in six minutes, plays, it will play six minutes, has two points. One or two from the field. After the competition, he leaves and withdraws from the team. Now, according to Brian Windhorst, who's been very close with this team in regards of traveling and covering them, said that he had heard he was all a luck to make the team. He was going to be in it. But wonders if the threat of having White in the lineup, or at least Derek White play, scared him enough where he thought otherwise. So De'Aaron Fox has withdrawn from this basketball team. So that means Donovan Mitchell is a guaranteed lock to make the team, and he will start. But for the U... For the USA team, this is not good at all. Like, you're down to 13 guys. You started at 25. You caught two. Everyone else is just done. Withdrawn themselves. Not good. And now you got 13 going to Australia. You only need to cut one, and I'm pretty sure I have the null. Well, I'm pretty sure they know who they're going to cut. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that staff knows who they're going to cut as well. Uh, but man, Derek White is is going to have to step up now. Uh, it's just it's just crazy that De'Aaron Fox quit. Everyone was raving about his speed on the court, 
and his his ability to make players better. Um, but now Chris Middleton's gonna have to step up. Jason Tatum's gonna have to be much better too. He wasn't great on Friday night defensively. Offensively, he's okay, but defensively, he wasn't great. This team has got this will be one of the biggest challenges in in this U.S. men's basketball history: FIBA or Olympics. All right, everybody. We'll see you for a Tuesday. We'll have our set the blur mind and our player of the week. Good night.